0: You know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> Pierce. Very easy. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my MC's a ticket. Are you me? What's up? What's up? What's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 107-107 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Whew, that is always a mouthful, but yeah, I've memorized it by heart at this point. We've done 107 episodes of the Banner Banter Podcast, but you know that I am part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts like... The Marky P Show, Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Let's Get Rich Podcast, and Burn Toast, and more to come in 2021. And I also work at Big Night Live. And last week, Big Night Live hosted their 30th American Red Cross blood drive. We are in a time right now where a lot of people need donations of blood. And you can go to American Red Cross website, figure out how you can get to Big Night Live, donate some blood. It's a great experience. I did it, uh, I think, in October. Yeah, I think uh, October of 2020, which seems like months ago, years ago, actually. But go there. Check it out. Thank you very much. And then, if you know about Empire, the restaurant that Big Ten Entertainment Group owns in the Seaport District, absolutely fantastic restaurant, and you live in the Boxford, Middleton, and Topsfield area, you can order food on January 22nd and January 23rd for home delivery. Check it out at bneg.com. All right. What else do we have to talk about before we dive in? Oh yeah, happy birthday to me. I am turning Marcus Smart years old. If you don't know how old that is, why are you listening to a Celtics podcast? Unless you're my mother. And if that's the case, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Okay, so that's that. Oh yeah, and as a birthday gift, because I, I know now that I said it's my birthday, you feel obligated to give me a birthday gift, and I really appreciate that. And uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe what a great birthday gift. If you haven't left a review or a rating, do that. What a great birthday gift. Uh, and finally, oh yeah, maybe spread the word about the Banner Branch podcast. Really appreciate it. So let's dive into a weird, fun, and uh, disappointing week for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are currently 8-4. and 8-4? and four? Yeah, currently 8-4. and four. Still in the top four in the Eastern Conference. There are some teams playing right now. I believe the Pacers are playing the Clippers. I'm recording this around 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. So it, it could change, but they're in the top four no matter what happens. So, as we all know, the Celtics had COVID issues, contact tracing, COVID protocols by the NBA, you name it. They had to postpone the Miami Heat game. They had to postpone the Chicago Bulls game. And they had to postpone the first of two of the Orlando Magic game. Uh, at TD Garden, part of their little mini-series, due to the Celtics not having enough players because of all the COVID protocols and contact tracing and players actually testing positive for COVID, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the Celtics did have 11 or 12 guys ready to go on Friday night, which would have been the second game against the Magic if COVID wasn't a thing, uh, which they won 124-97. to 97. And then they had a game earlier today that made me want to throw up all over myself. And I'm not even going to give you the score because it's so embarrassing on how they played But let's get right into the magic game. And wait, wait, hold hold on. Do you guys hear that? Do you guys hear that music? Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's go. It's a Jalen Brown dance party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Jalen Brown, folks, we know every single time Jalen Brown has five assists or more. We have a dance party and Jalen Brown had a career high eight assists. This is like a Kelly Clarkson song. A moment like this, some people wait a life. You, you know that fantastic American Idol song by Kelly Clarkson? I've been waiting ever since I started this podcast back in August of 2018 for Jalen Brown to finally be a facilitator. Eight assists, a career high. Eight assists, a game high. Jalen Brown passing the ball around, looking for other people, involving other people. Oh, man, I love jalen brown dance parties it's part of it's one of my favorite things of the podcast and i hope it is for you too but no tatum no time lord no romeo no kemba no carson edwards that was the situation heading into the magic game so the starting lineup was jeff Teague, marcus smart grant williams jalen brown and tristan thompson and noticed you notice no daniel tice there no daniel tice no big lineup and things were great. Things were fantastic. Game started off perfect, if you ask me. Jeff Teague hit a three. He's been a little iffy on threes lately. Actually, Jeff Teague's been okay shooting three-pointers, but anything like inside the paint, he just stinks at it, and it's kind of annoying. And then the Celtics also, after the Jeff Teague three-pointer, came out 24-second shot clock violation that they force on the Atlanta Magic. You love to see it. The Celtics played some great defense, forcing tough shots for a group that hasn't played together for I don't think I've seen a lineup of Teague, Smart, Grant Williams, Jalen Brown, and Tristan Thompson yet. If I have, I missed it. I'm not perfect. But this group played some really good defense against a team that either A, didn't want to be there, or B, just wasn't ready for the type of intensity that the Celtics brought out, especially for a team that hasn't played together, or not not played together, but hasn't played in like a week It's been a long time since the Celtics played. I was having withdrawals, but Aaron Newsmith came in. He got some early minutes. Uh, Brad even ran a play for him to start off the second quarter. And I don't, I don't know if he's scared. I don't know if he's not comfortable. I don't know if he's not fully over his injury, who knows, but that kid needs some help. Hopefully he doesn't have the yips at all. You know, kind of like how Markel Fultz did. I mean, I know he eventually hit a three later on in the game and that was cute and adorable and all, but he's not ready for any playing time in any way, shape or form. But, The frustrating part about this, once again, the Celtics build a double-digit lead, and they let the other team creep back like it's a TLC song. And the Magic scored way, way, way too many second-chance points for for my liking, and I'm sure Brad Stevens was pissed as well, to to cut the lead down to single, single digits. But with that being said, they did that without Tristan Thompson on the floor. Tristan Thompson was a monster on the boards, especially in the first half. I think he had... 10 rebounds before the end of the first half which is wild but one of the things that I really enjoyed from Tristan Thompson that I feel like we haven't really seen yet and I don't know if that's just because you know Brad tells him if he's on the floor with Daniel Tice Daniel Tice is going to be the guy filling the lane running the floor after a rebound but Tristan Thompson did that and if Tristan Thompson can run the floor catch the ball he has really good hands lay it in you love to see that I'm all for it but this so far was probably the worst offensive rebounding game for the Celtics until the next game. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But things that you love to see, the Celtics didn't commit a turnover in the first quarter. I think they only committed one or two turnovers in the entire first half. Awesome. But the talk about this game was the ball movement. The entire game from start to finish, it was zippy doo dah my oh my, what a wonderful day. It was all over the court. It was no one held the ball in their hands. There wasn't a lot of ISO stuff. Maybe a little Marcus Smart here and there. But Jason Tatum better be taking notes because nothing. no offense to Jason Tatum. Obviously, one of the top 15 best players in the league. Hopefully, by the end of the year, he's one of the top seven or eight. Whatever the case may be. This team, when the ball moves around and it just doesn't stall, this team can be very tough to beat because it leads to open shots. And uh, every once in a while, some guys on this team can hit open shots. I cannot talk about this enough and how good it was. Everyone was making extra passes. Everyone was finding uh, their teammates. Excuse me. But Jalen Brown, 8 assists. Jalen Brown, 8 assists. I might have another dance party before this podcast is over. I don't know. But Jalen Brown, 8 assists. You love to see it. Now, Chemi Ojale, folks. I know he was the stud last week, but... <laughs> it's it's been unreal now he didn't shoot that great against the Knicks and we'll talk about that in a little bit but six of ten from the floor three of six from three six boards one assist and you dropped 18 points against the Orlando Magic I mean holy shit like what is going on like, this is fantastic. I mean, and then you also got to give a shout-out to uh, Javante Green. I, I know it was garbage time, but he threw down a nice dunk. He played very well. He's very good defensively because of his athleticism. He's super athletic, but I'm telling you, Shemi Ojale minus the Knicks game, because I think the Knicks game kind of showed us what Shemi Ojale can still be if it's not going his way. I mean, he took a lot of shots. They weren't falling. It was bound to happen. But in this Magic game, he, what, there was some magic there. No doubt about it. <laughs> See what I did there? But anyways, Peyton Pritchard, again, another great game. And it, and if you actually think about it, it's pretty crazy. So, you know, right now the Celtics are what? Eight and four? Is that their record? Yeah, the Celtics are eight and four. And it's and it, it's crazy to think about where the Celtics would be right now if it wasn't for Peyton Pritchard. Now, I'm not saying he has saved the Celtics, but I will say he did win a game for the Celtics. And The reason why the Celtics bench, their numbers are so high, you know, uh, statistically, if you will, is because of Peyton Pritchard. He has done some fantastic things off the bench, and, I mean, guys, he hit a step-back three-pointer without stepping out of bounds. He finished with 16 points. That's fantastic. I mean, who would have thought that the number 26 pick in the draft, that you might have been able to get a a few picks later, if you ask me, but, you know, to each their own. Bravo to Danny here. He he's been great, and hopefully we can. Hopefully it can continue. Hopefully it does. The other thing that was great about this game, before we move on, the free throw shooting. Ugh, oh, ugh. Oh, Seventeen of nineteen. I mean, I wish they went to the line more. But when you hit forty percent of your three point shots, you aren't going to be attacking the. Uh, you're not going to attack the rim a lot. If if the shots are falling, why why are you going to the rim? So props to the Celtics for you know hitting forty percent of their three pointers. Because I I think in the Knicks game, I I, I don't even think they made 20%. Yeah, 15% in the Knicks game, and then they did 40% in the Magic game. So, bravo. Job well done. And then 17 out of 19, we we talked about that a couple weeks ago. The dud was they have to shoot the ball better from the free throw line and get to the free throw line more. So, if we can take one of those two, baby steps, and hopefully we can get both done sooner rather than later. Uh, What else do we have to talk about the Magic game? Because to be honest with you it was it was a blowout i mean obviously the the celtics had a nice little lead in the third quarter the magic came back again and you were and it was very very frustrating sorry that i'm a stuttering stanley today folks i mean my birthday is tomorrow you know I'm, I'm just so excited to be old and gray and have my back hurt more than it already does but what else what else is there to talk about oh yeah taco taco fall he hit a two-point shot, it looked like a three-point shot, banked it off the rim, wasn't a three-pointer, let me just say that again, it wasn't a three-pointer, it banked in, and thankfully TD Garden didn't have 18,624 fans in it, because I'm pretty sure it would have collapsed. No, I'm not even kidding you. That place would have fallen to the ground quicker than the old Garden got demolished. I'm I'm telling you that place would have went off the rails I mean the bench went absolutely ballistic I can't even imagine what another eighteen nineteen thousand 19,000 people would have been like I mean then the next possession down he gets the ball he literally pump fakes and then swings through uh, literally a fundamental coach's dream to catch the ball swing through dribble with your power hand take it to the basket and he, he dunked it he hurt his ankle on the play and he also traveled but hey to each you know um, I don't want to bash Taco because Taco has improved a great deal on the tip of the hat to him. But overall, this for the Celtics to come out like this after so much time off, I thought it was going to be rusty. I thought that the way that they played against the Knicks, which we'll talk about in a second, was the way that they were going to play against the Magic, and then the way they were going to play against the Magic was going to be the way that they played against the Knicks. But whew, I was wrong there. But it it was very impressive the Celtics came out with no rust, and I cannot talk about the ball movement more. And sure, it has something to do with Jalen Brown dropping 8 assists. but more importantly, the ball movement for this basketball team was fantastic in this Magic game, and if that can continue, especially if Jason Tatum can come back in the lineup, oh boy, that'll be a lot of fun. So let's talk about this embarrassing Knicks game, and I'm going to try and blow through this as quick as possible, because it was embarrassing. They lose 105-75. to They did not score more than 20 points in any of the first three quarters. 17, 18, and 15, and then they dropped 25 in the fourth. Now, Coach Thibodeau was the assistant coach for Doc Rivers in the 2008 uh, NBA Finals that the Celtics won. Now he's the head coach of the New York Knicks, and he's known for his defense that the reason why the Boston Celtics defense was so good in 08 and 09 and whenever, whenever Tibbs left to go coach the bulls, it was because of Tom Thibodeau and Tom Thibodeau has the Knicks ready to go. Now, sometimes it's just the Knicks and the Knicks stink, but in this game for a team that is now six and eight, four and four away, you know, the Celtics are four and two at home, but for them to come in on a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock very impressive the way that the Knicks played. I mean, Julius Randle's a freak of nature. This kid quickly was very good. We'll talk about that in a second. But the big news coming into this game is that Kemba Walker was available. Kemba Walker is officially back, but he's on a twenty-minute uh, twenty-minute restriction. So he can excuse me. So you can only play for twenty minutes. He was in the starting lineup. So now they take Jeff Teague out, and now it's Grant, Tristan Thompson, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker. So probably going forward, you remove Grant, you add Jason Tatum, and then you can have Jeff Teague, Daniel Tice, Grant Williams, and Peyton Pritchard off the bench. Could be worse. Absolutely. To start the game, Kemba Walker's pick and roll passes, his overall vision of the court did look pretty good. He made a couple slick passes to Grant Williams and Tristan Thompson for some easy hoops. But besides that, the Celtics didn't really start off well. Now, you can blame the defense, you could blame the offense. You could blame Brad not being, you know, making the guys prepared enough. You can blame, oh, I don't know, the fact that they haven't practiced with Kemba that much. There is probably a million things you can blame. Every single reason you want to come up with is probably a legit excuse on how bad the Celtics actually played in this game. The, the, all their shots were short. The Knicks were getting offensive rebounds. I mean, at one point in the first half, 13 second chance points to the Celtics, zero. Not great, Bob. Not great at all. Luckily, Jalen Brown hit like three threes in the first quarter to keep them within distance. To, you know, it was like 12, and they got it down to like six or seven, thanks to Jalen Brown. And, you know, you know, which is great and fantastic and adorable and all, but like at the end of the day, you're going to need a little bit more than that, especially with Jason Tatum, the Time Lord, and Kemba Walker's first game back. So for people to overreact to this game, fine. I get it. I don't agree with it because these games happen. They really do. Like, for example, the other night, the Orlando Magic only scored 33 points in the first half. But the Orlando Magic right now are a playoff team. Like, these things happen. And I'm not trying to compare the Celtics to the Magic in any way, shape, or form. It's just every once in a while, these things happen. And it also didn't help there was only one other Celtics player in double figures. And that was Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart scored 10 points on 15 shots. So, literally, he was scoring less than a point for every shot that he took. That's ridiculous. I mean, Jalen Brown, 9 of 20, not bad. 3 of 9 from 3. That's still 33%. Went to the free throw line five times. He only had three assists. What a bummer. Six rebounds, but he was a minus 27. The Celtics lost by 30. You know, it, it was just one of those games. And, you know, the second quarter comes around and you figure, okay, Celtics are going to snap out of it. Obviously, some rust with Kemba. Don't worry about it. And then this quickly kid... That they drafted literally the pick before Peyton Pritchard decided to take over. He's from Kentucky. He's a very good player, very sneaky, very quick. He hit like four or five floaters in the second quarter. And I also think he did that the same thing in the third quarter, literally from the same exact spot. He has like, I feel like his floater percentage is like 100%. It was so good. But the Celtics, again, had a lot of turnovers. The Celtics had 17 turnovers in this game total and to think about the magic game where they only had one or two in the first half they had zero in the first quarter they're on this they averaged a little bit more than four turnovers per quarter not ideal that's not how you're going to win the ball moving just disappeared and i understand that kemba is a very ball heavy type of player you know like james harden is or kevin durant is and i'll talk about that trade in a little bit too because if you didn't think i was going to give my thoughts concerns and or recipes about that trade you're out of your mind but at one point, 22 minutes into the game, with about two minutes to go in the second half, the Celtics had more turnovers than they had field goals. The Celtics shot 25 out of 84, 29.8% from the field. Gross. So bad. So, so bad. Shemi Ojale, I will say, threw a very nice alley pass to Javante Green, and I love to see it, and here's why. He missed a couple threes, but then came back and made a great play, and then after he came back and missed another three... He came back and picked up an offensive foul on Austin Rivers. So that shows that even though Shemi's confidence wasn't there shooting the ball, and hopefully he forgets about this game just like everyone else. Everyone else should forget about this game. We're just going to move on from it. Treat it like a preseason game. It's not that big of a deal. We're going to move on. But the fact that Shemi could make good plays after having a few frustration or a few plays that were very frustrating for him was great. My mind's just all over the place right now. I'm sorry. But I I, I was very happy to see Shemi do that. But I, I think that Scal said it best on the NBC Sports Boston broadcast was everything was going right for the Knicks and everything was going bad for the Celtics. Like, you cannot name one good thing about this game minus the fact that Kemba Walker returned. I mean... Sure, Daniel Tice went three or four from the field and scored seven points and had seven rebounds. So that's nice to see him coming off the bench playing twenty minutes, not being frustrated with his time, being a true professional, that's great. But then like the second you know, the second half rolls out, third quarter begins. Knicks go out in a 5-0 run. Brad calls a timeout within the first fifty-six seconds, and it literally made the Celtics look dumb. I mean, why isn't Jalen Brown getting touches on multiple possessions? Now, I know at times when Kemba and Marcus Smart are out on the floor, Jalen Brown can stand in the corner. And that obviously happened in the playoffs last year in the bubble, and I get it. But Jalen has to do a couple things. Number one, if Marcus Smart's attacking to the rim, that is a perfect opportunity for Jalen Brown to attack the back door C- Literally, catch your defender off guard, run backdoor. Marcus Smart is a reasonable enough passer he's good enough to find you go back door and Jalen can go up strong enough hopefully hit his free throws he was four or five of this game and finish strong get a layup get to the free throw line whatever the case may be that's what he has to do so that's a little frustrating from Jalen Jalen's also shooting I think four of eight or four of nine from the corner the corner that he's usually standing on so if you're looking at the basket the left side if you're on Right side of the court, and if you're on the left side of the court, it's closest to the television screen. Whatever the case may be, it's usually on the left-hand side of the court that he stands in that corner where he's shooting about 50% from three this year. So at the same time, when Marcus Smart drives to the rim and goes, "Ah," like trying to get a foul, instead he should pass it out. Jalen's catch and shoot game this year has been pretty good, especially in that corner where he's shooting 50%, 50%. But the thing that really concerned me most about this game was the Celtics defense looked exactly how it did the first couple games of the season. Remember how frustrating we all frustrated we all were where there was just no communication, there was confusion, they weren't quick enough, they were being lazy, they weren't following the ball around properly, the switches weren't there, you name it, it just wasn't going right, and that's what it looked like in this next game. The defense was good in the magic game, so hopefully this was just a little, you know, bump in the road and we can all move past it. But The other thing that was frustrating, one more thing before we move on, was when the Celtics were down, I literally felt there was no shot that they could come back and win the game. They just couldn't make a stop. And you live, you learn, we're going to move on from it. So we're going to preview the upcoming week for the Boston Celtics. They have three games this week, and two of them, in my opinion, are ginormous games. So two of them are against the Philadelphia 76ers. Both of them are in Philadelphia, Wednesday, 7 p.m., on ESPN Friday at 7.30. I think that's on NBC Sports Boston. They also come back to the Garden next Sunday, uh, which is the 24th, and they play the Cleveland Cavaliers at 4 p.m. So keep that in mind, and most likely the big lineup will be back. But the 76ers game, in my opinion, are important for a couple reasons. And number one, both teams should be healthy, or so we think. Seth Curry recently tested positive, I think on the 14th. So he should be back if he gets enough negative tests. And the same thing with Jason Tatum, the Time Lord, and Carson Edwards. So everyone should be back for the Celtics, I think, except for Taco, depending on his ankle injury, and Romeo Lankford, who still hasn't recovered from his wrist injury. The issue is... is The 76ers were supposed to play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. No, I'm sorry, not the Memphis Grizzlies. They played the Memphis Grizzlies the other night. They were supposed to play the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight in Oklahoma City, and the NBA postponed it due to some concerns within the 76ers due to COVID. So hopefully this game also doesn't get postponed for the Celtics, but if it can get Jason Tatum another week of rest, maybe get Kemba some more uh, rest, whatever the case may be, that will be great. But if everything is cleared by the NBA... Both teams should be healthy, minus Kemba maybe being on a minute restriction. Joel Embiid didn't travel with the team to their little road trip down south to Memphis and Oklahoma City. So he's going to have a full week off, ready to go. And the last time he played was last Tuesday against the Philadelphia—he's uh, on the Philadelphia 76ers— last Tuesday against the Miami Heat, where he dropped 45 points and 16 rebounds. And you're like, he did that against Miami Heat with Bam Adebayo? Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo didn't play in that game. But it did go into overtime. But hey, a win's a win. Especially when you're battling the Heat, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Pacers, the Celtics. Whoever the case may be, a win is a win. The Celtics, I mean, I'm mean, i sorry, the 76ers have played very well this year in my opinion. I, I, I think they have. But they haven't beat a lot of good teams. I mean, they've beaten the Wizards, they've beaten the Knicks, the Cavs, the Magic, the Heat twice, but when they beat the Heat twice, both times they didn't have Jimmy Butler or Bam out of They have lost against the Hawks. They have lost against the Devon Nuggets, but they also had a little COVID outbreak themselves, and they only had eight players. So you got to give them the benefit of the doubt there, and they also lost to the Brooklyn Nets. So the question is, how will Brad Stevens match up their starting lineup? Because I feel like this is one of those games where you're going to have to start out strong. Start strong, finish strong, hopefully the middle will works out well will Kemba's minute restricting go up I don't think it will I think it will stay at 20 minutes so how will Brad use him but most likely the starting lineup again if everyone's COVID healthy for the 76ers will most likely be Danny Green Ben Simmons Tobias Harris Seth Curry and Joel Embiid and then I would like it to be Kemba Marcus Jalen Jason and Tristan Thompson now Tristan Thompson and Joel Embiid have played each other about seven or eight times Tristan Thompson allows 18 points and 8 rebounds against Joel Embiid, which isn't terrible. Probably better than anything that Tice did. Obviously not as good as Al Horford a few years ago. But here's the thing. (laughs) Tristan Thompson has won the rebound battle 5 out of those 7 times. So if Tristan Thompson can work Joel Embiid Out like just work, work, work them and get him tired on the boards and get rebounds and limit second chance points because the 76ers added shooting. Seth Curry is not Steph Curry, but Seth Curry, who's a dookie, can shoot the lights out. And if you give him a second chance, wide open three-pointer, he's going to hit it. Danny Green, very good three-point shooter. Tobias Harris, he can knock him down. He hasn't played the best games against the Celtics, but he can knock them down. The 76ers are the sixth best rebounding team in the NBA. So you have to rebound in this game. You got to work on Embiid and work him out like crazy. You got to do it. How will Jalen and Jason be? Uh, are they going to be very aggressive on the defensive end, or are they going to be a very aggressive on the offensive end? And here's why. I'm a little concerned about the offensive end because Ben Simmons can defend any position. Ben Simmons wants to defend Kemba. He can do that. He wants to defend Jason Tatum. He can do that. He wants to defend Jalen Brown. Guess what? He could do that. And same thing with Danny Green. Danny Green is a veteran. I guarantee at some point in this game, Danny Green is going to get an offensive foul call on Jason Tatum. I guarantee it. It happened in the preseason, and I know what's going to happen again. I can just feel it in my loins. It's going to happen. The other big thing in, about this, and I hate to sound like a basic bitch when I say it, but the benches are going to play a very big role in this little mini-series. Shake Milton has played lights out. He has played very, very, very well off the bench for the 76ers team, and he can score too. So is Peyton Pritchard going to keep up with him? Is Jeff Teague going to keep up with him? It will be very interesting to see how Brad, who Brad puts out first. Then you have Maxie, the kid from Kentucky, who got drafted, what, two or three spots after Aaron Niesmith. I would have liked Maxie over Neesmith, but hey, here we are. Not a big deal. We accept it. We move on. He dropped 39 points, I think, or 31 points or something like that. He dropped almost 40 points when the 76ers only had eight players against the Denver Nuggets. He's a very good player. He can definitely score off the bench. And then you have Tice and Time Lord versus Mike Scott and Dwight Howard. And I'm going to be interested to see if Doc uh, brings out Dwight Howard just to put a couple hard fouls on Tatum and Brown. I don't know if a lot of people watch the NBA Finals or the Western Conference Finals, but what Frank Vogel did with Dwight Howard was literally just be physical, play mind games, and it messed up the Joker, Jokic. He, He was all over the place. He did not play very well. And I'm interested to see if Dwight Howard has no problem just being, hey, I had my career. It is what it is. Now I don't mind helping my teammates, trying to get another ring, throwing a couple physical fouls out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he does that. Now, do I expect the Celtics to win both games? No. But here's the thing. They better not lose both. You cannot give this Philadelphia 76ers team any confidence for the next time that you see them, which will probably be, I think it's actually after the March 4th break where they break for a couple weeks. I think it's probably going to be in or around that time. You don't want to give them any confidence going forward because, They're clearly very confident in the team that they have, the shooting that they've added, and the defense that they can play. So, I mean, I hope that they win both, but I'm also trying to be realistic and say, just split. Just split, and we'll go from there. Now we have the Cleveland Cavaliers game on Sunday at 4 o'clock at TD Garden. I'm not too worried about the Cavs game, but like the New York Knicks, you cannot play down to their level. You have to be physical. You have to come out. Strong, you have to come out physical, be athletic, really run them into the ground. And let's just start with the obvious. That's Andre Drummond. What Andre Drummond did on this past Friday night was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. 33 points and 23 rebounds. Now, am I asking Tristan Thompson to match that? No, that's ridiculous and stupid. But with that being said, Andre Drummond better not get 23 rebounds. He better not score 33 points. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Now, I know what a lot of people might be saying right now. Can Andre Drummond fit on this basketball team? Come playoff time? Yes. Can Danny maybe get Drummond for the Gordon Hayward trade exception? Yes. Does he suck at defense? Holy mother of God, yes. So maybe he's on the last year of his deal. Does he want to be faithful to the Cleveland Cavaliers organization who just made a trade for Jared Allen? They also have Jabell McGee, Larry Nance. They have a very big lineup. They also have Kevin Love. Do they want to get rid of Kevin Love? Very interesting on what they want to do going forward. But Andre Drummond is a monster on the boards. And if you can get Andre Drummond off the boards, I I don't think the Cavs have a shot in hell to beat you. But the Celtics need to focus on their nice backcourt that the Cleveland Cavaliers have. Colin Sexton and Darian Garland. Both young guys. I think it's Sexton's third year and Darius Garland's second year. Or it's either the second year and a rookie I'm, I forget. I think it's third year and second year. But with that being said, Sexton is dropping about 24 to 25 points a game. He's really stepped up for this team to try and be their number one scoring option behind Andre Drummond or whatever the case may be. And then Darius Garland is averaging about 17 points a game, but he's a facilitator for the team. He averages about six assists a night. Now, could they be the next Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers? I don't know and I don't think th- and I don't think so, but they cannot be slept on by Kemba or Marcus or Peyton or Jeff Teague, whatever the case may be. Here's here's a good thing, though, and hopefully the Celtics don't let this team get going because they are not a very good three-point shooting team. They shoot below 35% as a team from three. You'll love to see it. And then they also shoot below 70% from the free throw line. That's terrible. Not as bad as the Celtics were a couple weeks ago, but that's terrible. Brutal. They've also lost three out of the last four games and they didn't play for part uh they didn't play this weekend due to COVID restrictions from the Washington Wizards because I think the Wizards have like five or six players that tested positive. So that's pretty crazy. So they may be fresh, ready to go, but the Cavs game should not be a worry. I'm expecting the Celtics to go at least 2 and 1 this week at the absolute minimum. You beat the Cavs and you get at least one game from the 76ers, I will be more than happy if they can finish this upcoming week at 10-5. and Now, if they can be 11-4, oh me, oh my. Grab somebody sexy, tell them, hey, that'd be fantastic. So, before we do Sudden Dead of the Week, and just a quick little announcement, um, or before I tell you my quick little announcement, I just want to give you my quick thoughts on the James Harden trade to the Brooklyn Nets, Victor Oladipo to the Rockets, Karius LeVert to the Indiana Pacers. So let's just start here. The Brooklyn Nets got better. There's no doubt about it, but can these three guys put their egos aside? I'm sure it's the same exact thing you've been hearing everywhere, but it's true. I think Kevin Durant can put his ego aside because he had to do that when he left the Oklahoma City Thunder to go to the Golden State Warriors to play with Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr, Seth Curry, whatever the case may be, but like Kevin Garnett, like Paul Pierce, like Ray Ray Allen did, can they realize their egos are not as important as a championship together? Clearly, James Harden wanted to go back and play Excuse me, play basketball with his very good friend James Harden, because for those of you that either A, don't know, or B, don't remember, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook all were put on the same team when they were young. They all got drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And... If they can realize that their friendship and a championship together is better than their egos, I'm telling you, these two can go a long way. And I'm not here to bash Kyrie because he's just Kanye West with better handles. That's all that he is. And I think what he's doing right now is beyond childish, deciding, hey, I don't want to play because I just don't want to play. So stupid. Here's my fiery, over-the-top, shut-up, Timmy, not-going-to-happen take- I honestly could see Kyrie Irving retiring this year. He's got so much money. He thinks he's smarter than everyone else in the room. And at times, he probably is. I mean, he did go to Duke, and they call that the Harvard of the South. But can Steve Nash get all these guys together as a first-year coach? Who knows? But the person who's not going to help them do that is probably Kyrie Irving. I will say the person that this will help, I think, is Joe Harris. Joe Harris. And Joe Harris better be ready to shoot the basketball. I'll tell you that right now. He is going to be open a lot with these guys. And here's the thing that I think a lot of people forget about. Yes, James Harden's usage rate is absolutely insane. And in the history of the NBA and the ABA, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden have three of the top, what did I read? It was three out of the top 16 usage usage ratings in the NBA. Absolutely insane. But James Harden who has a lot of triple doubles, can pass the rock. And I'll tell you this right now. Eric Gordon, very good good shooter. Austin Rivers, very good shooter. Robert Covington, reasonable three-point shooter. Whoever he's played with, Joe Harris is the best shooter out of any of the guys that he's played with. And if they're double-teaming James Harden, and they're also keeping their eye out on Kyrie Irving, and they're also keeping their eye out on Kevin Durant, holy crap, guess what? Joe Harris is going to be open, and you do not want to leave Joe Harris open. Here's the other thing. I know their bench isn't that deep right now, but you're telling me right now once the buyouts start, you know, when the veteran's like, I don't want to be here anymore, I want to go play for a champion, you're telling me they're not going to go play for the Brooklyn Nets, you're out of your mind. So the Nets, even though they gave up so many draft picks, absolutely absurd the amount of draft picks, they got so much better. The Pacers, I think they got a lot better with Carius Levert. He obviously has a kidney injury right now, which is scary, and I hope he's okay because I love Kyrie Laverne. I think he's a hell of a basketball player. He's a volume shooter though. And it will be interesting to see how he fits once he comes back. And I know right now he's out indefinitely, but hopefully he can come back sooner rather than later and help this Pacers team. And I just say that hopefully, not as a Boston Celtics fan, because obviously don't want a team around the Celtics to be better, but I just think the kid is a hell of a basketball player and I just want to make sure that he's okay. But if he comes back healthy Watch out for the Indiana Pacers. Now, am I saying that they're going to be the 1, 2, or 3 seed? But no, I could see them fighting for the 4 or 5 seed because I thought they were going to be like the 7th or 8th seed this year. But if Karius LeVert does come back, nice trade for the Pacers because he's going to be around for a couple of years. If he doesn't, this year it will hurt him, maybe not moving forward. And then as far as the Houston Rockets deal for Victor Oladipo, I don't know how that will work. If this was five years ago, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, what a lineup. Holy shit, that would be crazy. And right now, Christian Wood is playing absolutely out of his mind right now. He, he should win Most Improved Player, if you ask me personally, but we'll see. But if this doesn't work out with the Rockets, Victor Oladipo is another player who's on the last year of his contract that could be available for the Celtics with the Gordon Hayward trade exception. Now, do I think that's going to happen? I don't know, but I'm just saying keep your eye out for it. All right, what else do we got to talk about? Oh, yes, stud and dud of the week hit the music, please let's go. And now it is time for the Celtics stud Woo-hoo! and the Celtics dud of the week. All right, your stud and dud of the week. I mean, not a lot to talk about after one shitty game in one really good game. So I'm just gonna say the stud of the week is Jalen Brown because no one really played out no one played lights out and he had eight assists in one game. He dropped over twenty points in each game. So Jalen Brown, congratulations stud of the week. The dud of the week is the word leads or leading. And that is the Boston Celtics give up leads and cannot come back from big leads. And that is very, very concerning. Maybe it's the mental toughness thing, maybe the Celtics just, I, I, I don't know what it is, but the Celtics can't hold the lead for the life of them, and they have a very, very hard time coming back from big leads too. And it was frustrating to see that they couldn't come back against the New York Knicks, and I understand this was a weird game and we shouldn't care about it that much, but it was very concerning that they couldn't go on in a little 10 12-0 run against the New York Knicks and it was also very concerning that when they get up 14, 15, 16 points against the Orlando Magic before the fourth quarter, they would let the magic kind of creep back get it to six, seven points and that is alarming because there are going to be much better teams in the NBA that can that they're going to play against whether it's the 76ers this week, the Lakers hopefully in this in the finals, whatever the case may be this team has to be better at holding leads and that is your dut of the week. And then finally, before we leave, the Banner Banter Podcast, we are less than 400 listens away from getting to 10,000 listens. Now, I obviously want to celebrate that, and I'll let you know when the time is right, but I think either, the, either next week or the following week, I will be asking you to post a picture of you listening to the Banner Banter Podcast, and I will send you a limited edition Banner Banter Podcast basketball card. I know, I know. It's very exciting news, and there's like I said, there's only a hundred of them made. So if you take a picture of you listening to the Banner Banter podcast and you tag the Banner Banter podcast on social media at Banner Banter podcast on Facebook and Instagram or Banner Banter eighteen on Twitter, I will ship you a Banner Banter podcast basketball card and five of them. One, two, three, four, five. Kevin Garnett's old number. Five of them will be signed. I know you're drooling. You can't believe it. Holy shit. What a day. I know. So probably starting next week, whoops, just dropped my pen, probably starting next week, I'll ask you guys to take those photos and I'll slide into your DMs, get your shipping information, and send you a card your way, and then hopefully it will be a nice little thing for you to have. And thank you for your support as always. So that is it for episode 107 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. Don't forget to wear your mask, wash your hands, Black Lives Matter. We will talk real soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.